0: Yo, what's up everyone? OTD podcast, we're back um, I'm joined by Kweku We have a very special guest in the studio today But I'll get to that in a minute um, So yeah, uh, you may be thinking, you know Season 2, I thought it was done uh, It's not quite season 3 yet um, So this is like an off-season special A bonus if you like um, And uh, yeah, we have a special guest in the studio today A man by the name of Jason Reynolds He's a writer um, and Both me and Kweku, um, we've just finished reading his book um but yeah he's um in the uk for h- how long are you here for jason i think i'm out here on saturday, saturday okay on, yeah. so you've been here for like a week or almost a week yeah 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 so um yeah we um decided to get jason down to have a little chat and for him to talk about his book um and more just about like you know where he's come from and um i guess like where he sees himself going as well um mm-hmm. yeah but, um, I have yeah,
1: to correct. give a, a, a Sly little shout out To the rest of the man Them that couldn't make it Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So where's Where is Bilal at the moment Bilal I believe is in Bilal's in Hong Kong um, Jet in once again And One of my um, favourite cities man.
0: Oh yeah Yeah I need to get out there And um, Where's Tom Tom's in Frankfurt Yeah
1: Both so, so out on business So Yeah We're um we're we're not Busy working up today. people So um <laughs>
0: Yeah, it'll be me and Quaker Man in the mic today, but um yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it, man. So, um, Jason, man, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm
2: solid, man. I'm good. Yeah? You yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. Thank y'all for having me, for sure. No, cool. And, for coming, man.
0: And um, tell me about the UK. Like, you've been here how many times now?
2: I've been here three or four times now. Yeah. It's good, yeah. man. I mean, UK, UK is always good to me. You yeah. Know? It's interesting to do like, you know, it's like cultural exchange. You know, yeah. Right? You show up, I'm bringing, you know, I'm, I'm an American, obviously, and yeah, and I'm very American, and so you show up, and it's like, man, it's interesting to sort of like the other night I was at a I was at a thing in um in uh, Birmingham, and I was telling them how much I like fish finger sandwiches. You know what I mean? Because we don't eat fish finger sandwiches. Okay, we don't eat fish fingers after the age of like <laughs> after the age of like five, it's like fish fingers is done. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mushy peas, worst thing ever. You know? Yeah. I don't yeah. understand mushy. Like, we just don't do Even that. I don't. I'm, I'm not Most people here don't even like mushy peas. I think it's uh, a bit too Anglo-Saxon. There's a certain it's demographic. They serve yeah, it with everything. And I'm like, this is all the fish and chips come with mushy peas. Yeah. So, like, it's just interesting <laughs> to sort of talk about, yeah. you know, just to, to think about the 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 cultural exchanges and like the language exchanges. Mm -hmm. You know, a kid was in a school and he asked me if I knew what a road man was and I had no idea what he was talking about. (laughs) 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 Did he explain it to you? He did. He did. Uh, Which was cool. And then we talked about sort of the equivalent of that in America, right? A dope boy or a black boy or, yeah, I mean, a jack boy or like whatever we call roadmen okay. yeah 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 oh, you're good, yeah. Are you gonna bring that back to the states now uh, I might, does, it, does it sound I, right in like you know what it doesn't really sound right because we don't really say road we don't yeah. have any oh you say F- street street yeah okay. like you nah, don't really have any roads you uh, know? That's so... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no lanes no avenue oh you got avenues
2: we got avenues and boulevards no lanes and though. streets we got a few lanes but like if you if you live on a lane or if you live on a road. There's a good chance you live in the suburbs. it's okay, not like a city thing. Okay, you know, okay, I mean, okay, we got okay. streets, boulevards, and avenues. Okay, uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds stronger than streets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Avenue. I like that. Now it's
1: interesting. You mentioned that the kind of cultural exchange between, like, being a African American and coming to the UK. Like, we talk quite a lot about and just giving. I don't know the way history is just unfolded. Um, black Brits tend to have a lot of cultural influence from america through yeah. music and tv and you know all these things because it's one of the first ways that we could actually see ourselves on screen or see people that we thought kind of represented us um what's kind of like your impression obviously you're a bit more traveled you've kind of been able to go around through your work and what have you what was your kind of impression or feeling of black brits did you ever feel like an affinity to the diaspora outside of
2: oh, yeah. america i got love for black brits i mean i got lo- look i'm i'm you know like as a as a black like the reason that I don't call myself an African American, uh, and instead I call myself you know a black man is okay. because I it's because I prefer to be inclusive about black people around the world, mm. right? It matters to me when I come over here that when mm. I look around the room, like I though I know that you all are black Brits, it just matters to me that we have a shared experience, right? Yeah. Even if our histories are different, we mm. have a shared experience mm. uh, within the context in which we live. Yeah, yeah. Right. As black people in the world, right? And so um, it's always love. Is and, and it's it it always reminds me that like, you always feel like you got like, like in America, we say, if you live in the city uh, in the summertime, they send you down South so that you can like, you know, meet your, what we call country cousins, right? Mm. I just feel like I got cousins across the pond, yeah, right? Yeah. Where I'm over here, I'm like, yo, I know we are living very different lives, but for some reason it, it all feels very familiar. yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, it's like a magical experience. It's, a, it's kind of a trip, you know what I mean? Yeah. We were just in here listening to a different group of young men having a conversation. And they were just talking about all these things that I know very well because they're talking about America, right, and, mm. and, and the music and culture. And it's a trip to listen to other people talk about my culture
0: mm.
2: without feeling offended, right? So for yeah. me, because usually people talk about my culture. If you ain't, if, if if your skin isn't brown, I have a hard time. Okay, right? but the fact that like I know there's a shared experience mm. um, in some way, shape, or form. It mm. doesn't feel. I don't feel offended mm. that that they're taking such ownership uh, and such. Uh, and that they believe they're such experts right, on right, right. black American culture. It was yeah. kind of a trip, surreal to hear it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like most of the
0: time when people talk about it and they're not black, it's like, it's kind of voyeuristic or it's like appropriative yeah. or like it's just kind of, like it, just done without respect or like nuance
2: or I don't know. It's hard for white Americans who grew up around black people to talk about black culture mm. in a way that makes me feel comfortable. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? And they know it. And yeah. I'm still like, you don't really know it though because <laughs> you don't have to live it. Right You don't have to live it Right yeah, So you yeah. get the pop in And out of it Whereas you are Though you don't know Black American culture yeah. You know what it means To be black In a white In a dominant white culture Yeah, right? yeah. And therefore we have You know Cool man out. Yeah yeah It's all love man Shout out to UK Yeah Even in Scotland I met a black Scot yesterday it's like, They got the maddest accents man Yo What is name? Do y'all know Chaos? Do y'all know, Do y'all know it's, like, it's a band called Young Fathers you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know Young so, Fathers. So the yeah. dude, the, the 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 singer from Young Fathers, we had like a thing last night. We did a a, a conversation last night in front of all these people, and he's a black Scot. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it was
2: like talking to my little brother. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like,
1: it was amazing. That's dumb. That would have thrown me off. I'm gonna lie, I've, I've never seen a black
2: Scottish person. I saw <laughs> one video the other
0: day. Did he have the proper like Scots accent? Like, yeah, yeah. He I could saw... turn it on and turn it off. Okay, okay. He was Nigerian. Okay, he oh, yeah. was a Nigerian yeah, Scot. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. 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 Shout out the Nigers, man. Shout out <laughs> the Nigers. Yeah, man. They make it everywhere. Anyway, um <laughs> So yeah, we got you in the studio today because you want to talk about your book, man. That's that's why we're here. Yeah. Um so I guess like you're promoting this new book at the moment in the UK or I like am. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah? Yeah,
2: this this thing. Um Shout out to Nightsub Nightsub is the publisher Amy in the building She do went with the microphone We should get that on record she there. <laughs> She's, smiling, <laughs> She's smiling though She's smiling <laughs> But uh, But shout out to Nightsub yeah. who, uh, who published um, For Everyone over here it, it was published in America A year ago Yeah And uh, So the title of the book is just For a, Everyone For Everyone For yeah. Everyone yeah. And it, it's it's funny Because the, the book itself Was never supposed to be published So it's mm. kind of a trip That it's traveling around the world now Yeah yeah, this was like a letter to myself when I was like 24 years old mm. and, trying, and figuring out if I wanted to quit writing or not. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I was struggling. And I, I've been in the industry 15 years. At yeah. that point, i have been in it for three. I'd failed. I'd flopped. The book came out. Nobody bought it. You know, I'm dealing with like, yeah. how, what does it mean to get, make your dreams come true and then to have them snatched from you? Yeah. And mm. So I started to write this thing to myself as yeah. a way to, you know, lick my wounds. Yeah. And over time, it evolved into what it is now. Yeah. And it's just like, look. I like to think of it as like a a, a proclamation, right? It's like a, it's like a long mantra to all the people out there who want to do anything, yeah. who imagine a life for themselves outside of the lives that they live. Mm, mm. And it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to make that thing come true. And perhaps we should stop worrying about making it come true and thinking about the fact that how much courage does it take to have a dream and how much freedom can be found mm. um, in having one.
0: Mm. that was definitely one of the things that resonated with me most, um, when reading your book. And it reminded me of, um, uh, it reminded me of this article that I read this week on Medium. And it was about sort of, um, not like living to sort of achieve your goals, but rather living like by a theme. So you, you choose like a theme in your life. So that way your happiness isn't predicated on, you know, success. It isn't predicated on whether you hit the target, because life is a trip, like life, different things can happen in life, you don't know how life is going to turn out. But if you live by a theme or like by a code, like you decide that you're going to dedicate yourself to this ideal, the successes will come via you living, via that theme. So that's one of the things that, when I was reading, when I was reading um, um, your book for everyone, um, that's one of the things that really um, grabbed me. And I, I I think like deep down, it's like something that throughout my life, that's kind of how like, I don't really want to be kind of dictated by, like, you know, I don't want my happiness to be dictated by success because, mm. you know, like, it, it's fleeting, you know?
1: It's a weird one as well, like, even trying to define success, yeah. like, obviously, for one, it's very subjective, but mm. in, 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 for instance, like, Jason, with your, in, in your field, like, giving your accolades, like, New York Times bestseller, all these awards that you've won, mm. you know, if by most standards people would consider you successful, like, how... Mm how do you personally define success? I was reading through the book and there was one line that really stood out. Um, and like, this is basically, uh, like in, in, in our culture and by that I mean like black British culture like grime or whatever the case is, like, we talk about like wheeling something up or reloading something, like when you want to like repeat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, throughout reading the book, yeah, I was on the plane and I just kept wheeling it up, Wheel- like, oh, I need to listen, I need to read, like, reread it." There this. was one <laughs> bit
0: I saw your <laughs> annotations. You know what I mean,
1: literally like that. <laughs> you just wrote way. yeah, literally like. And this time, that's the bit I'm gonna read now. But at 16, I thought I would have made it by now. Now I'm making up what I'm making it means. Yeah. And I'm like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I bookmarked like, that as well in where? there. I got the, the yeah, yeah, little, yeah, 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 yeah. So like yeah, for you, how has your kind of um what is your current um I guess def- definition of success and how has that changed through your career, would you say?
2: Man, i tell you, man. So I, when I was when I was starving and broke, successful was not starving and making a couple bucks. Mm.
0: Then
2: I started eating, making money and realized that I didn't feel successful. Mm -hmm. It's like the age old story of like, you know, I I got it all. Mm. Got everything I ever wanted for the most part. I have the ability to get anything I ever need, Yeah, right? Um, And so I had to recalibrate things and say, all right, well you have all these things and yet you still feel, uh, there's still something lacking, Mm. right? You got everything, you did it all, right? And then I realized, man, my mother always raised us to believe that success had everything to do with service. That like in order for me, like we were raised to believe that you can't be a king Mm. unless you can be a kingmaker. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? And so now it's about, so true success uh, is making sure one of my mother's taken care of, first and foremost. She don't got to worry about nothing no more. So I feel successful on that front. Mom is good. Family's good, right? Like that to me, that's just like, as a young man growing up, like I just want to make sure my mother don't have to struggle, right? So that's the first thing. But, But second of all, I need to make sure that when it's all said and done, I leave behind a trail of other people doing this work, mm. right? Other people who have voices who may not have had voices had I not existed on this earth, right? Mm-hmm. In the same way that I was given a voice because I had OGs who created opportunity um, and who and who sort of built the megaphone for me to speak into, right? Mm-hmm. That's my real job. Like what good mm-hmm. is it for me to do all this work and when I'm gone, it goes with me. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure that there's some shorty coming up who, who realizes that he or she has an opportunity um, to 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 live this life, right? To be like me, look—you like can't be what you can't see, right? So mm. kids like me growing up, we had no idea we could grow up to become writers, mm. we could grow up and be a professional artist. That wasn't something that you saw in our neighborhoods. Mm. I got a responsibility to make sure that the youngers nowadays know this is an opportunity for you. You ain't got to be a shooter. You don't even have to be a rapper. Mm. You can literally Not. build a life for yourself. Being honest about the stories that you that that you have to tell. Being mm. honest about your own life. Like if I could do anything, it's that. Mm. Right, is that, and that would be success. I may never know it until my time is almost up, and I look back on my life and can see it all laid out, and then maybe I'll be able to see, like, oh, look at that! Mm. Right, success is here. Other than mm. that, dude, I just want to laugh a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> really, really like, me for real. life way too serious yeah. to take seriously, bro. Like, I just want to laugh a little bit. I was, I was talking to a, a, a. It's funny. There was um, I was talking to a, a woman the other day who was like having a moment and sort of, uh, we were in New York or somewhere and she was having a moment spazzing out. And she was like, I'm sorry, I don't wanna be a nerd. I don't wanna be this, I don't wanna be that. I'm sorry, let me control myself. This is embarrassing, this is embarrassing. And what I was trying to explain to her was like, yo, if we can't, we won't even allow ourselves to feel the freedom and joy of wigging out over somebody that you admire. Yeah, <laughs> what? But that's life, like, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. real life, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. allowing, giving yourself over to the immense joy mm-hmm. of meeting a person that you admire. Like that's success. Mm-hmm. I to be truly who you are at all times. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's powerful, man. Have you have you met anyone like that where you've
2: like just kinda like flipped yes. your way? Yeah. Man, Queen Latifah, bro. Okay, yeah. yeah. Queen Latifah, she's I'm Queen. a big she, Queen from, Latifah, is she
0: from DC as well. Nah, she's, she's from, from Jersey, Jersey, right? Okay. I okay. wish she was from DC. So I can claim it. <laughs> nah, I mean,
2: she from Jersey, man. Yeah. And um yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a fan. I I've always had been a fan. She mm. saved my life when I was younger, you know. So yeah, like that music, and so yeah, she. She's definitely one that I just. I bugged out about, and there are writers that I just.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, this is what I do. So when I meet somebody who does it better, shh, look, and I'm not a person who, who, I'm believing like I'm. I just can't be a hater, right? So if mm. you're better than me, I'm the kind of man who say, "Oh, you better. Mm-hmm. You better mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. I got work to do." but I want to honor and respect the fact that in this particular juncture of our lives, yeah. you better than me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's okay. Right. It, like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, what, so go on.
1: I was just going to ask, cause mm. obviously you talked about, um, kind of like your influences being like the OGs in your area. Mm. And at the same time, they're not really being the representation or image or success for you to really reach towards, um, what made you go towards writing? Cause like just from yeah. my little kind of reading and stuff I've done, I know that you, were heavily influenced by Like music And as you mentioned Queen Latifah Was like someone That inspired you yeah. So like what made you Was it like a conscious decision To go Down the route of poetry Because you thought Okay cool Rap is like the obvious thing Young black guy from America This is what we do Was it like a conscious effort?
2: It was it, But it was It was a little more Childish than that right? Okay Like I was You know I was a kid man For me As a, as a boy growing up Where I grew up And how in the, in the culture In which I grew up in Um for me it was really simple It was like look Everybody want to be a rapper But whenever I see All my friends rapping They standing in a circle Rapping to themselves mm. All the girls over here bro This is what I'm thinking Right <laughs> I'm a little boy right I'm, I mean this is honest This is yeah. honest Like these are also things That I've been trying to work through And undo these days right? mm. But when I was young Right, yeah, right. And, and that sort of I grew up in that that nastiness Where it's kind of like Oh this is what boys do This is what You know what I mean Yeah of course yeah. And, and so but And that's how it was It was like yo Y'all wanna be rappers But every time I see y'all rapping It's just y'all in a circle Rapping to each other Like it just felt very strange I'm like bro I'm not I'm gonna write poems Okay So I can go over here To all these girls And give these poems <laughs> To these girls Yeah Just to see what happens hey. Right Like and and I'm like 11 Right at this, at this point And and that's what it was. The moment that it, I remember 7th grade young ladies like y'all really like your poetry and stuff like that. That's it. Bro. I'm good. Like I for me it's interesting like what what sparks you and what it was it was literally the idea that I could impress somebody that I liked. Yeah. Mm. Right? And when you are young, I look, I think that we we there are ways for us to have these conversations without making young men feel bad. Or young women feel bad About doing something Respectful For the person That they like mm-hmm. it's, it's, That's still okay Right yeah, Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's Sort of what it was for me It was like I don't mm-hmm. want to do that Because all of my Knucklehead friends Over there are doing that And there's literally An entire table Of mm-hmm. girls that I like Over here I'm going to go see What that's about mm-hmm. And write these poems And figure out How this all works mm-hmm. And that's just how It started right and, mm-hmm. and after that And after that It became about like A terrible turn It became about like Death right So like Right. Once I realized that like, it was like, oh, I'm not going to be a rapper, I'm going to do this, Yeah, I, I started to lose family members. And when when I, my grandmother passed away first, and you know, everybody in the room has has had that moment like where you, the first time you hear your mother cry, mm. and how it's the strangest feeling, right? It's like a, I can't explain it, but if you know it, you know it. Yeah, if right? yeah. there's a visceral thing it's that happens to you, like, yo, yeah. it's wild yeah. the first time you hear yeah. your mom cry it does something to you. And so I was a young person and I wrote her this poem and they printed it on the funeral program and then like the family was like, yo, this is really cool. And then everybody started dying, right? Over the course of like two years, like 10 people just died and they were like, you got to write for my for my grandma's funeral. You got to write for my auntie's funeral. Yeah. And so I kept doing it and and then I realized that there's power in language. Right? Mm. It wasn't just about girls and this mm. idea of like me trying to be cast over as a kid. Mm. It was more about like, yo dude, like this could be a sad for somebody who really needs it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I rap and rap. I just couldn't do all that. It was like it. It took me ten minutes to sit down and write a poem. With rap, I gotta go find a beat. I gotta worry about you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I cut out all the middlemen. Yeah, know? yeah.
0: I feel like what you just described is like kind of like the trifecta of like what it is to be an artist. Though, like you, like an artist creates for himself. It's like, almost like a cathartic thing. But then also, an artist wants to be appreciated as well. So you're gonna you're gonna create your art to please or to. Um, get the plaudits of other people um, But then also It's like a service as well Like you're doing something That's like um, it's You're curing yourself But also you're helping To cure the pain Of other people So when you sit down To right now Like Is, is any of that Going through your head Or I just completely Just pulled that out of my ass No I think
2: I think, you, I think that's fair I just think it's dangerous To think about it mm. I think you're right mm. Right But I just think like I can't It's too much pressure bro like, Yeah It's too much pressure To think about who I'm helping, mm-hmm. right? I have, All I wanna do when I sit at the page is be honest with myself. Right. That's it. I think that human beings are actually really simple. Mm. We complicate our lives and with, with all the categories and this, that, and the third mm. for various reasons, political reasons, financial reasons. Yeah. There are lots of reasons we've done this over the years. But the, yeah, but the, the truth is, is that human beings at the end of the day um, are directly connected to the humanity and, and other human beings. Mm. We are our biggest influences, right? Mm. But in order for that influence to work, Mm. for it to work positively, there Mm. needs to be unadulterated honesty, Mm. right? And most of us just can't bear to be honest with ourselves and then wonder why we can't connect to other people, mm, right? mm, And so for me, I sit down and just try to be completely honest. I tell everybody, bro, Mm. I'm scared, nervous, got anxiety, insecurities. I got a certain level of confidence and arrogance. I got, yo, I've been Mm. broke, I've been rich. I've been, look, I've been all the things Mm. and I own all the things. And when yeah. I sit at the table I figure out which of those things Needs to be pushed to the forefront For me to get this particular piece out mm. And everybody else gets pushed to the back But if I'm a lot to myself Ain't no point in making art Like I just don't Yeah, I just don't understand what the purpose Why waste yeah. everybody's time It's
1: true so How you, did you like I don't know Get to this did, Were you always like that Where you felt comfortable enough To be vulnerable And like Open up about Insecurities And, and, and kind of weaknesses That you have Or was it something that developed Over time
2: I didn't think it developed man But I also had like Yo, I got like a real, like a real G mother. Mm. Like my mom was just cut from a different cloth. And so she raised us very differently than everybody in my family and everybody in my neighborhood. Mm. Um, It was almost as if she could see something that nobody else could see, right? Um, So for instance, right, in my house, we could talk back. Say whatever you want to say, kid. So my mom would be like, yo, go in there and clean your room. And we'd be like, honestly, like I hear you, but the way you're talking to me just feels a little inappropriate. Like you don't have to talk to me that. Like I love that. Right? <laughs> and we could and we could literally say that to our mother. Mm. And of course, our friends would be like, yo, your mother's gonna Like, nah, 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 nah. She gotta hear this, right? Mm. Ma, all right, right. And so I my know. mother's whole thing was like, look, you can say what you want, you just gotta respect me. Mm. Mm. But 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 I can't ask you to respect me if I don't respect you enough to let you say what you need Word to say. Shout, mom's hey, your bro, mom used right? to do a like workshop
1: she, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like...
2: <laughs> and so because of that, right, we were raised fully owning our humanity. I knew as a kid mm. that I had a right mm. to an opinion, mm. to feelings. To disagree, I had a right to that, right? And I knew that as a young person. Other thing my mother told us, we couldn't get in bed, right? We'd be sleepy. She wouldn't let us get in the bed unless we said, um, we had to look her in the face and say, I could do anything and everything I touch turns to gold. Yo, now Mm -hmm. I'm like two. So you think about that, like what Mm -hmm. it does to you. Like I was raised really believing Mm -hmm. that I could do anything I want Mm -hmm. and that whatever I put my hands on is golden. Yeah. Right? Like we were raised to believe this, right? Yeah. The other thing, I mean, like look, my mother, when when I became a writer, me and my mother started beefing. because My mom grew up in the South. Uh, then she moved to DC. This is the 1950s and six. My mom's seventy three, right? I got an older mother, mm. she's seen all of it. Right. Mm. Been through all of it. The, the civil rights movement, March on Washington, she's yeah. seen everything. And um and because of that, Fears for her black children, yeah. right? She's like, yo, like, y'all need to get out here, get a job, hold on to that job for as long, for the rest of your life. Cause that's the way she was, that, that, yeah. that was her only option. Yeah. yeah. Hang on to it as tight as you can, get you some insurance, a 401k retirement plan, a pension plan, like, get a house, get two houses, start a family, get a car, like, dude, like, be as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm out. I ain't doing none of that. I'm mm-hmm. out of here, right? Mm-hmm. And then that moment, my mother said, you know what, kid? I raised y'all to never be followers, and I never ever imagined that one day that would mean that you wouldn't follow me. So now I have an opportunity, and I have a decision to make: mm-hmm. either I'm going to be made a hypocrite, mm-hmm. or I'm going to stand on my word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she let wow. us go. This is the kind of mom I had. That... yeah. And she taught us all that, so yeah. I had no problem yeah. looking somebody in the face and 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 expressing my faults mm-hmm. because I know that my faults don't make me weak. Yeah. Right. Just because I have problems and I have issues and I have all I was telling the people last night, they was like, How do you deal with the pressure? I talk to my therapist every day. Mm. I'm not about to be made to feel I'm not about to nobody's getting ready to make me feel less than for having a therapist. Mm. I'm a grown man yeah. who takes care of himself. Mm-hmm. I do what I have to do to continue to make the work I make. Mm. And I own that. And it means it does I don't I could care less. Where anybody else feels about it. And if I could be honest with you, I could free somebody else. Mm. Mm. Word. Yeah.
0: Word. I feel like you're freeing some people right now. <laughs> Trust me. This <laughs> like
2: I if mean, you like, listen to get you a therapist out there, if you listen, yeah. get you some help. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Talk to somebody. Yeah. Life is real.
0: I feel like one of the listeners right now, man, like this is this is all like he's preaching to me as well. <laughs>
1: I think it's something yes. that like, and it's the, it kind of harks back to the whole thing of like when you when you're writing and you're writing for yourself. Yeah. Unconsciously, you're writing well, you you, you may not realize at the time how it's resonating with so many other people Listen. that are in different kind of stages of their lives, but the message like is universal, so yeah. it rings true. Yeah. I mean that's something that I definitely realised when I was I was reading this book.
0: Yeah. Like, this this book for me, like, I don't think I've ever been like it's 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 a quick read, but like I don't want to do it a disservice by saying it's a quick read because mm-hmm. you can get through it quickly, but it's not like, you know, just something that you like this has impacted me today. Like, I read it today. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I read this today on the way over. Um, And I knew that it it wasn't too long because I I spoke with Kweku about it yesterday. And um, I was sort of like, not worried, but I was just like, it doesn't look that long. Like, how much really can I get out of something like this? Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, I mean, you mentioned your honesty. Like, the honesty in in, in these pages is such that, yeah, it like... it can reach anybody on any level Because at any point in your life No matter how successful you are Or how destitute you are Or mm. you know How you Like we all struggle with insecurities And we all struggle with You know Feeling inadequate Or not hitting our targets Or whatever like So yeah Like one one of the um, passages That sort of um, Really resonated with me It's not this bit Where you annot- annotated voice, But I did like that as well <laughs> um, But yeah um i'll just read a little bit because i I think it's just it's good to hear let me just put my mug down so um so yeah dreams aren't reserved for the creatives i thought that was like because up until this point i felt like this book was you know like i i I don't know if i consider myself a creative i create some stuff but like i felt like it spoke to people like me that aren't like you know like going down the street straight and narrow and mm, like mm. you know got the standard like grad job and good salary and all that stuff like i felt like it was speaking to people that are more like kind of happy-go-lucky like I'll try this and see what happens <laughs> yeah. i'm that kind of person yeah but it was about this point i was thinking this is good but like are there that many people that are like us so we got to this point and it says dreams aren't reserved for the creatives Maybe you're an athlete, a gladiator hoping for a shot at the lion Maybe you are 18 and plan to make your first million by 25 It's not impossible Or maybe you're 18 and plan to make it to 21 It's not impossible, nor is 22, 23, 24 And for me that was just like It was so simply put But like so um, poignant as well Because it's like It doesn't matter like how successful Or how lofty your ambitions are Or how like just making it to 21 for some people like that is mm. like that is their 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 goal like for me like it's just like trying to like work out like where I'm supposed to get to mm. um so yeah man yeah, this man. this really resonated with
2: me um, I appreciate it bro I me mean, I've been lucky enough to travel see so much of the world mm. and uh when you when you move around and you outside of your environment you realize that there are cultures in the world that are not run by capitalism. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And those cultures, the dreams are then sort of readjusted, Yeah. right? So for instance, I remember I was out in Mexico. This Mm. is years, I was 19, I think, out in Cahuila, right? So this is like a little teeny town, like a desert town in Mexico, Mm. man. Nobody has anything. Nobody even has floors or dirt floors in their homes, Mm. right? Shanty houses. And everyone is happy. Mm. Everyone is chilling. Mm. Nobody is tripping, right? For them, their dream was simply like, I need to make sure that my babies are fed and happy. Mm. And that is enough, mm. right? Like mm. that is enough. I mean, we built a. They were like, we're gonna, we're gonna build, I was just there hanging out. Like, we're gonna build a, a community center tomorrow. We're gonna start building a community center. So I'm like, oh, I'll come out and help you out loud. I'm thinking like, man, this is gonna be cool. We're gonna have like some tools. And I get there and we just, everybody's just digging, digging the foundation from the ground with their hands. And nobody's bugging. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. And they're just digging the hole, right? Like the whole community. Yeah. And no one's tripping because for them, it's like, when we get this community center up, that's another dream come true.
0: Mm. Right? Like simple mm, things.
2: That's... And I think for mm. me, I, I think it's a mistake. I think we, 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 look, I'm an artist. I'm proud to be an artist. I'm grateful to be an artist. But we put an awful lot of stock in in the artist. We, we give an all, and for, for, mainly because artists oftentimes are the people who shift culture, right. But mm-hmm. I also think we have to be careful about about not, um, about not sort of like deifying mm-hmm. the artist because mm-hmm. the truth is, is that not everybody is an artist and those people have value. Right, like the truth is that the people who who spent their whole life trying to be teachers—that's a dream come true and a mm-hmm. worthy one, one that we should value, mm-hmm. maybe even a little more than that of the artists. Mm-hmm. Right, the people mm-hmm. who dream about like being parents, mm-hmm. right? Who like yo, I just want to be a good parent. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I take that. Mm-hmm. Right, like mm-hmm. if I, you know, right? when I meet when I meet young men who are like real, real talk. One day, man, I just can't wait. I'm gonna be like a, I'm gonna be a, like a dope dad. Like it's like word. Mm-hmm. Wanna be like a good husband, mm. word. Mm. You know what I mean. Like that's yeah. a dream worth having as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. 100%. Like we've we've kind of touched on that before in previous um, episodes. I think um, we had a guest Ife. She's a playwright. Also an entrepreneur. So she kind of has the balance of like being business savvy, but also like very artistic. And um, I brought up the question of whether or not is just a purely universal human need to have a creative outlet or whether it's something that is just reserved for people that can play instruments or people that can write really well or sing or whatever the case is and we kind of came to i think a consensus in saying that it is something that is very integral to our humanity being able to express ourselves um so yeah i think what i really enjoyed about the book of well that the fact that it doesn't it's it's not limited to Particularly like an art form, it is mm-hmm. very much any form of expression. An athlete is expressing something. Yeah. A, a dancer, like whatever the case is, mm-hmm. um, and that's something I think, like, like you said, when it, when when you kind of put artists in that pedestal, kind of takes away from the everyday creativity of like just you know, lay people like like me who can't uh, single <laughs> dance level. <whatever, laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I had a question. Um. In a time where it's like very, I guess, profitable to say that um, to be an expert in in something, or to say like, um, you know, I'm, I'm very well versed in a particular subject. I noticed as I was reading the the book, um, you say a lot and you reiterate the fact that you don't have the answers. Like, I'm, I'm like, don't do have you know the I, mean? I don't have the answers.
2: Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, why was it important for you to like put that across? Because I think that. Uh- I don't have the answers, mm-hmm. right? Like, I guess it's true. Like at the end of the day, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm always leery of people who are experts on life, mm. right? Experts are funny to me, right? Like I was, I, over the last week, I've been having all these conversations because I work in literature, obviously. So I've been having all these conversations around the classics, because I'm fascinated by the classics because the classics are used to sort of tout a sense of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always question like, who's classics? Mm. Like like who like who's classics? You know what I mean? Mm. Like and, 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 and because you are an expert in this particular thing, doesn't mean you're an expert on literature. You're an expert on these twenty white men, right? And mm. I think that's so off I mean, Instagram right now, right, is literally a cesspool of phony experts. And everybody is like, I mean, people really eating out here on like corner store poetry and like <laughs> people really putting out dollar store quotes and re and, and like taking yeah. Eckhart Tolle books and like rewriting yeah, them yeah, joints yeah, and putting yeah, them like, yeah, oh, yeah. the power of now has been, so <laughs> has been redone so many times, or the prophet has been redone so many times, or the alchemist. Everyone's just read the alchemist apparently, oh, yeah. and it's talking about all the, all the secret. <laughs> or all, It's like, you know, meanwhile, my mom who studied all the, all the Eastern religions mm-hmm. since she was 19, mm-hmm. right? She looks at that and she's like, oh, yeah, so this is new for y'all right mm, yeah. and, and so I, I, I'm i careful about all of that because because I'm, I'm so flawed like I'm I'm so human mm-hmm. and I know that that I'm never going to be the person to tell you I know anything because I just don't know I'm still trying to figure out my own life mm, you know what I mean so instead of me telling you I got the answer I'd rather just tell you the truth and the truth is I don't know mm. and this isn't a book that offers you answers this book is a companion for you to know that there are other people out here who have the same questions mm-hmm. that is the point point. and what a gift it is to know that you are not alone on this journey
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think you'll ever get to a stage where you feel like you have some answers? Like when you get, you know, further on
2: in your career or I have answers for me.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I can tell you what it means to me, right? But I yeah. can't life is life is uh life is complicated mm. and it's complex and we all come from different ways in different yeah. places. I can't Yeah, you know. I guess what I was asking was 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 would
0: there ever be like a, a response to your your letter to yourself? Oh you know? never.
2: No no, And if there is man It'll just be like Hey kid Turns out everything will be okay The (laughs) end (laughs) Right Like I know Like I know I I honestly Yeah I I think that we should all do ourselves um, The favor of never imagining any finish lines
1: Yeah
2: In general right like i, I and I, I do mean that like i think mm-hmm. when we think about like right now right around the world hopefully since i'm talking to two men and then we're all in the same age range i'm guessing i probably got a few years on y'all <laughs> but i you know i i'd like to believe that as we all are trying to undo the nonsense that we've all been taught around how yeah. we treat women yeah i hope we know that there's no finish line Mm, right. Mm. I hope we know that that's something that we're going to have to be working through yeah, for round. the rest of our lives, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's the way I view everything. Mm. I, I, I believe that everything, every day, is a day where I am a beginner. Mm. Can't be no finish line, so there can't be a response to this. It will always be open mm. be, because I always need to be learning. Right.
1: Mm.
2: You know. Yeah.
1: So when you look back at because you mentioned that you you wrote this when you were twenty four,
2: I started it when I was 24, You started when twenty four. Okay, it, so I was like twenty seven, twenty
1: eight. Okay. And so, you know, there's a, there's a few years on from there. Do, does it still resonate in the same way that it
2: did when you wrote it? It does. It, it's hard to read it because I wrote it and I don't <laughs> like to read anything I write. It's like mm. hearing your own voice outside your head. You know, mm. like, you know when you yeah, hear your know voice, about you're about like, that. That's what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Every week listening back to this podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to laugh like my voice. I'm kind of easing into it. Oh, yeah. it takes a while, but. I, uh, so I try not to read it ever. Um, but when, we, when they decided to publish it, I had to go back. And they were like, hey, we're not going to edit it. They were like, we're going to, when, when it was published in the U.S., they were like, we're not going to edit it. We're going to literally leave it exactly as it is so that the world will see your 24-year-old, right? This is my 24-year-old writing, right? Mm-hmm. Which really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Because as a 35-year-old man who has had a lot of experiences and who has gotten better when yeah. it comes to the craft, mm. who knows what would have happened had I been able to edit it. But their thing was, no, 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 let's leave it as a time capsule. Let's mm. make sure that people know, mm. this is 24 year old you talking to 24 year old you over the course of a couple of years, mm. working through your stuff. That part of it, I can appreciate, but it's hard for me to read it, mm. just from mm. a craft level. I hate mm. it. Okay. Yeah. But 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 that's but it's also like, nobody else cares, right? People don't know. That's just me nitpicking at myself yeah. you know, and my own sort of standard of excellence. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm.
2: Cool. Yeah. So- in the sort of subsequent years,
0: I'm guessing you've traveled a lot. What, where has sort of like, or what culture has kind of like impacted you or maybe changed your craft slightly? Or has there ever been like a sort of light switch moment? Like, I mean, you mentioned Mexico. Has there like been other scenarios like that?
2: Oh, of course, man. you know. Where have you been? I've been, I've been all over Europe. Yeah? Yeah. You know where I haven't been The continent. That's my next trip. It makes Ooh,
1: me so sad got me make happen, bro yeah
2: it makes God me so make sad man but i've been i've been all through germany i've been all through through england mm. and i've been um all through italy mm. uh, i've seen all all through thailand and South, southeast asia yeah all through china mm. um hong kong mm. singapore um all the islands all of america peru um, I need to do some more South America too. Actually, yeah. I mean, you been like, to Brazil? Yeah? I, mean, I need to go to Brazil. Oh yeah, you yeah, did. But I want to go yeah, to like Bahia. You know? Yeah, man. Okay. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brazil can.
1: And I mean, Patrick I go can, black uh, Brazil. You know can. You can. Uh, you can. You can
0: take it no, here. I haven't been. Ear I, for yeah, yeah, I can talk ear I lived there for a couple of years, oh, is yeah, yeah. it? Yeah,
2: but I never got to go to Bahia. Bahia, man. like that's that's. I want to. I want to. That's something I want to list too. Colombia, Medellin. Yeah, yeah. Like so, like you know, I think which changed me the most. I think. what was the most, like, shocking? You know what, man? The first time I was in Germany, Mm. I was in Berlin hanging out. I went to a school, right? First of all, I had to get over the fact that all the kids were standing outside drinking beer. Before going into the classroom It was wild Because <laughs> like, I was like Yo I'm like tapping the principal Like hey yo I ain't trying to be a snitch But like They out here drinking bro. <laughs> Wait, was this, And he you, was like Ah you're right Let me go talk to them And he went over there. This is a true story He went over there And was like Guys I keep telling you You have to throw the bottles In the trash I'll never forget Like when no you finish way. Put the bottles Because it, it's legal You can be Wait uh, was this university Or was this, no, 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 like, this was high, high school, school. That's mad, mad. 16, 16
1: You can drink Whoa. Imagine that before your lessons, just Bro. A yeah, and always lessons like, yeah, They were like having
2: a beer And then they came to class And, and they were great But that's the thing though If that happened here It would be a madness smushed, like, like, no,
1: no work will get done People be moving mad Like I don't know if this is a culture thing It's definitely a, like, it's I
0: think cool. in the continent They're just a lot more mature When it comes to like to drinking Drinking sensibly Like yeah, here yeah. we we, the culture is to drink to get drunk. Like, yeah, dude. You, you, drink to forget about the fact that it's raining twenty four seven. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. go on a tangent. But yeah.
2: So so like I get there. I'm in Berlin. I get there. Yeah. And we're having this conversation around. I can't remember what book it was now, but we're talking about one of my books. And uh, it's time for some Q and A. And a kid raises his hand and he says, "Is it true that black kids don't have fathers in America?" And look, here's the thing, right? It was an interesting moment for me because my knee-jerk reaction is to be offended. But this is a different culture. And he's speaking about whatever propaganda he's getting through his media channels, right? of course. Because he's getting a sliver of American culture and a little bit of black American culture and a little bit that he gets are these sort of stories of drugs and killing and, and fatherless homes, right? And so my response to him is, well... Let me ask you a question. Is it true that all Germans are Nazis? Right? So then obviously the whole class is like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they would have flipped out. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like, this is what it is. For me, it's like, hey, you know, it's goose and gander. You asked me, yeah. how, you know, this is what, we're going to have this exchange. We're going to have it in a way that challenges you. Mm. Right? Because it was really easy for you to ask a question. Mm. But now I'm going to make sure that you understand how to look. Critical thought is important for all young people. So for me, it's like, let me challenge you. And so I say, is it true that all Germans are Nazis? Mm. He freaks out and turns bright red. And he's like, no, sir, no, 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 no. We're not Nazis. And I'm like, here's the thing, though. If you were to ask the average American what they know about Germany, they will tell you the Berlin Wall and Hitler. Mm. So guess what? You and I are in the same boat. We're both being screwed. Both of us, both of, both of our our, our ideals about our cultures have been skewed by media machines. that that tell us whatever they think they want us to know. Mm. And it's important for us to be diligent enough to research on our own. And he and I had this conversation. I said, here I am standing in front of you. So whatever negative thing you think about my culture, it's me in Germany, in your classroom, talking to you about the books that I've written, Mm. right? And and just having that discourse was a powerful thing. And it Mm. also helped me understand, um, if anything, it just helped me understand the necessity of telling whole stories like when i walked away from there i was like all right when you sit down remember just as i was raised as a young person my mother raised us to believe that we were representatives of everybody right you represent this household this block this neighborhood your city and every black person on earth right <laughs> and so, and so, The right? pressure, right so, right i know right but this is the way it was right yeah. and so now when i sit down to write what i really make sure i think about is if i'm going to tell a story that is that that has um that has some sort of uh, dicey parts to it Right Whether it be drugs Or whether it be murder Which a lot of my stories Have those things I'm telling my own stories Personal stories mm-hmm. I have to make sure That I'm, I tell rounded stories That are also whole and human mm-hmm. It can't be these stories Where it's just like You know This child is basically A walking cocaine vial Right mm-hmm. It's like No this child is a child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This person is a person And um, I think that moment Was a moment that solidified That it's like yo, You got a responsibility Because mm-hmm. the rest of the world Is reading these books now mm-hmm. And you cannot Continue to 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 push, forth, uh, to push forth a narrative that says that black people are half people,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And whole problems. Yeah. Um, so.
1: Yeah. Does that ever feel like that pressure to represent like a whole, you know, your generation or your race or whatever, does that f- ever feel like a burden? No. Never.
2: Never. You yeah. know why? Because how dare I feel burdened by lifting and moving a culture where my grandmother and great grandmother were beaten to death? Mm. Never. Right? When, knowing that my grandparents, my grandmother, heard that her life was threatened. Knowing that my great grandmother, like, nah, bro. Yeah. This ain't, this light work compared to what they went through, mm-hmm. light work. The least I could do hmm. to honor my folks and, and, and the pain in which we've endured is do my, do my due diligence to tell whole stories. I'm writing books, bro. Mm. I ain't picking cotton, mm. right? Like what? it's the least I, so it's not a burden at all, man. I think I think that our culture, especially our, the, our younger generations, we gotta toughen up. Everybody, mm. you know what I mean? Like I, I really feel that way. I'm like, yo, like, I, and I know, and maybe this is a little old school and maybe I'm a bit of a purist and I'm okay with that, right? But I do feel like, I tell my little brother this all the time, yo Slim, like whatever you think is hard for you, just know it was twice as hard for your, for your mother Three times as hard for your grandmother. For, like, Just remember that. Mm. You sitting in a classroom, right, learning all the things of the world, and your grandmother couldn't step foot in the school. Mm. Right? I got my grandma's resume framed in my house. 30 years of work. And the whole resume just says domestic work domestic work, that the whole resume. And the reason she made a resume in the first place is because they took the resume, she and her, and her sisters went down to the Capitol building, banged on the Capitol door to talk to the representative because she wanted a job in an office and did this every single day for like six months. And finally they said, you know what? We're gonna give you a job in the office. So they hired her for a government agency, cleaning the offices. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did for the rest of her life. Wow. I don't have time or the energy or the right to be tired or burdened.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, man. Straight mm. up and down. Doesn't yeah. mean I can't be who I am. Yeah. I am who I am, right? Mm. But when it comes to making sure that I'm doing this work that's gonna push us forward, mm. I'm always going, I'm always gonna err on the side of that. Preaching mm.
1: man. What was the um because like I, I, I imagine that there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that write or are interested in writing or do so as like a hobby. Um, for you What was like the moment Where it kind of transitioned From You seeing it As something you do As maybe just like A creative outlet Or to like mm. To release your vulnerabilities And transition to A career Like okay This is something I can do And earn a living from
2: It was early man You know I You know <laughs> Man It was basically like Legal drug sale Right So for mm. me when I was younger It was it was basically like The dope game mm. Right I I knew that I I wrote a collection of poems I was 15 years old and they were terrible. Um, horrible, horrible poems. Do remember any I was a kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. And back then you could put, you could you could spend $500 would get you a thousand, uh, no, $500 I think get you 500 books, right? So you could spend $500 in a printer and a printer would print you out 500 books. You take those 500 books, you sell them for $10 a pop, mm. you flip them into $5,000, take 500 out, put it back, you flip it into $9,500 take 500 out, flip it pre-out, back, pre-out, you flip pre-out. it into $1,400, right? $14,000. And so, and $14, and so we, I was using that money to basically, in, out of the trunk of my mother's car, hustling around the street mm. in school and everywhere else selling these books of poems and making money. That's right, mad. And, and, yo, and use that money to pay my way through college, to help pay my way through college. This That's it's
1: Because the, you know the story, it's so, because it's like how like 2 short and all them lot was selling music yeah. from the trunk of the car and yeah. Master P and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but with books, that must yeah. have been such like a weird yeah. image. It like was, It was wild, man. Yeah, and, but everybody sick.
2: knew me. Everybody knew how I was and what I was doing. Yeah. And so people just support me. Like, yo, Jay doing this thing. yo. like, you know, that's this is this, this, this the hot thing to have. like it, And that's the way I did it, man. And I and so I knew early on that there was a future in terms of like turning this into some sort of business or like a profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was making bread when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was making bread. Yeah. Like, I... Yo, it was, it was uh, I mean, even how I got in the game, bro, I got in the game, I got in the industry through the back door. So basically what ended up happening was I was in college, me and my mm-hmm. homeboy, my roommate, who's also named Jason, we were like, yo, we're gonna make a book together. He was an artist, a painter. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make a book together, man. I would do poetry, you mm-hmm. do painting, we're gonna put it together. He was like, all right, but if we do it, we gotta do it big enough for my paintings to be seen. So we we're gonna have to do like a coffee table book. It cost us 30 grand. I was 17, Bruh. right? Back then, you could get a high-limit credit card, $30,000. I'm signing up. Go ahead, get me one then, them, joint, right? Get <laughs> my credit card. Ah, swipe nuts. the card. <laughs> we got, we spent $30,000 for 1,000 books. In order for us to make any profit, we had to sell them for $50 a prop. When nobody trying to spend $50 bucks on no book. They're like, Jay, you know you're my mans. $10, I got you. $50 is a whole other thing. <laughs> so we couldn't move the books. Took those books to New York City, tried to figure out how we were going to get on. All we knew was rap music. This was our demo tape. We hustling, we in every uh, every publishing company. They're like, you can't get in. There's a, there's a security guard, you can't get in. We like, yo, just pass this up. We in every magazine, Fader was just starting. We like, yo, oh, y'all man. need y'all need content. Just write up about this book. They're like, nah, 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 we, we don't know who y'all are. Get out of here, beat it, beat it, beat it. Eventually, I gave the book to my homeboy who was on the wire, right? He's an actor on the wire. With the high school with him He gave it to his agent She gave it to her friend I get a phone call The next morning They like Look kid I don't know what this is I don't even know Who you are But anybody willing To invest this much In themselves yeah. I at least need to Take a meeting with hmm. and That's how I got in the That's incredible that that is, What a story man
1: That is in magic But you know what's, What stands out for me About that story Is that it's, it's Something that I feel Like has been at least the, that culture of hustling and like yeah. coming out from your home, going to the big city, going to New York, I guess our equivalent here would be London. London's like yeah. the major city, the major hub where people from outside will come to like when they want to get put on. That's the story that we hear a lot as far as like the rags to riches kind of mm-hmm. rhetoric. Is that something that you just grew up instinctively having like that drive? Or is that, do you feel like the culture kind of, um, I don't know, through osmosis that kind of just I rubbed up on you? A little bit of both. I think
2: like, man, we are, I was always sort of like, I'm going to go get it, mm. right? You don't have to believe in me now, but I'm going to make you. Mm. Like, you're going to eat your words. I'm going to make you believe in me. I'm going to force you to believe in me because like Will Smith always says, you know, if, if you put me on the treadmill next to another man, I'll die before I quit, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm. I'll die on the treadmill, right? You're not about to outwork me. Right in America right now, the only reason that I'm as successful as I am is because no one's been able to produce the amount of work that I produced in such a short amount of time—nine mm. books in the last four and a half years. Yeah. Right, mm. we're talking about like my mama raised us to be machines, so it was nothing for me to get out there and make it for myself. I don't have the fear, of struggle. I ain't mm. scared of a little hard work. I'm definitely not scared to to, to starve. Ain't nothing to it. Right, I am. I, I we were raised to be resilient. We were raised to be excuseless. Mm. I don't have no excuses, bro. Can't nobody get in my way with me. -hmm. For me, and I tell the shorties this all the time, bro. Like, if you want to be great, turn your homework in on time. Sounds so silly, but what I'm really saying is you got to create habits for yourself now. I don't know no other way, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't I get up at six o'clock every day. Still, Mm -hmm. I look I've, I've forced myself into spaces of discomfort to remind myself that it is all that you have to continue to work to make that uncomfortable space comfortable like mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. push yourself to the limit mm-hmm. so I, I think it was just it's just who I am and how I am and then with the culture on top of me and my neighborhood on top of me and my mom on top of me and all these other people pouring into that mm-hmm. it just sort of fueled this thing that, mm-hmm. I, that I am now trying to figure out how to stop so when, <laughs> so, you, know. so when you
0: were going through difficult times, I'm guessing like, was this always in the back of your mind? Like you knew that the only the only way out, the only way is forward, and I'm I'm only gonna be successful. It's just a question of when.
2: You know what? I I, I wish I could tell you yes, mm. but that's not honest. Like the mm. truth is, is that there were moments. You know, I mean, this book came out of when I quit writing. Mm. This book came out of a moment where I was down, yeah. and in that moment, what I'm most grateful for is my friends. Okay, like if y'all got homies, yeah, that really really love you. Right? I'm talking like men that you can look in the face and tell them you love them without folding or flinching or shaking or cowering. A man that you can look in the eye and say, yo, I love you without feeling funny. If you got that kind of friend in your life, hold on for dear life. Yo, hold on tight because when everything was down, my homies, my brothers, they were the ones paying my rent. They were the ones like, yo, Jay, we've seen this whole journey. We know you're going to get it. We know you're going to make it, mm. but you got to believe. But we're going to believe in you when, when you don't believe in yourselves. And it was my friends who said, yo, just try one more time. Just try just try one more time, man. Try mm. to write one more book, man. Let's see what happens. Mm. You know, but, but do it like how you do it back in back in the hood. Do it, like, write the book in the way you talk to us in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just use, like, our normal language. Tell our own, tell our stories. You know what I mean? And that's what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. So I, so I want to make sure that I honor the fact that, like, yeah I, I had all this will And all this gumption But life is life Things get thick yeah. In those moments You got to make sure You got somebody there Who believe in you More than you do mm-hmm. And I'm always going to show that Them dudes are always going to be like They'll never they Look if I got it They got it And that's how we do it now That's how we work That's how we operate and It's eight of us And we're still close mm-hmm. Right And everybody know If they needed it Jay got it We're going gonna to hit Jay And Jay going to take care of us And I will Because they took care of me Man
1: That's deep That's so, rare so, so to find know yeah. your- yeah, that's real people yeah. like that that you yeah. can really just rely on to that extent like that's deep yeah yeah
0: definitely very like it's very convicting because I, I think it's its not common uh, like especially like I can only really speak from my experience as a as a black male from London but like it's not common to have someone you know that's on your level like another black guy that you can just look in the eyes squarely and yeah. say look like I love you without even it being like no homes or, do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, like, pools, I mean whatever, obviously we're like... going out of a, all that like, rubbish but even still it's 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 not it's not it's not a common thing Mm. um but it's so important because yeah often like especially like in in adulthood like when you you sort of set off on that path like you're you're a loner you've left like you left the nest and um you know you you're you're trying to be self-sufficient when things aren't going so well it can feel very very lonely so Mm. um i know yeah man there's
1: there's always like Mm. the narrative of the struggling artist or like the (laughs) Mm, you know yeah. the writer that's like
0: there's beauty in the
2: struggle. That, do you know what I, I mean does, that whole yeah. thing
1: and it is romanticized quite a lot as well. But is. Like,
2: take it from me, bro, it's better on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> I never, I don't never want to be a starving artist again. <laughs> Nothing sexy about it. Trust me uh, It's hard to be creative when you're trying to figure out how to eat. Yeah, that's the thing. Because
1: yeah. I was thinking as well. Like I mean, a lot of people that do write or do have like creative endeav- endeavors, like you talked a lot about how you have been able to build habits that allowed you to really have a high output of, of work. Like, for something that is creative and that comes from, like, an emotional place, like, isn't it ever draining to, like, have to... And I mean, the topics you cover as well are stuff that are your personal story or mm-hmm. p- stories of people around you. Like, doesn't is that ever, like, draining, like, emotionally to have mm-hmm. to produce that much level of output all the time?
2: Yeah, it's rough. Honestly, like, I here's the thing, man. I think when we... I'm. I, I'm not. I would never, ever, 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 ever suggest that anybody do it like this. Honestly, like this is the way that I've done it. It's the way that I've had to do it to will to will myself into success. Mm-hmm. So in America, look, they weren't trying to check for kids like me five, six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had to knock the door off the jam. Mm-hmm. Like I had to knock the door down in order to do that. I had to outwork everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. So what this really comes from is from sort of like. The, the the system of racism and, and sort of marginalization in America when it comes to black and brown stories in this industry, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, we're going to give you pennies and we're going to give this white girl who's writing about vampires two, three million dollars and your, her book is going to be trash and she's going to disappear within the next couple of years and your book could be a masterpiece but unfortunately we only got a couple couple a couple Gs for you. Good luck getting that book done and feeding your family, right? Mm-hmm. And for me it was like, cool, if that's the case, then I'm going to make it so that I'm going to outwork everything that she does cuz she's only going to put out a book every 3 years. By the time she put out her next book, I'm going to be I'm going to be four books in, mm-hmm. right? And at some point people are going to take notice mm-hmm. that there is somebody like literally filling a bookshelf, mm-hmm. right? Barnes and Noble in America, which is our Waterstones, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a section in the bookstore that just says Jason Reynolds. There's a a shelf. There's like there's like fiction, like fiction, and then it's like Jason Reynolds. The section that's all my books, right? But 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 that's what it that's what it took. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's that's, that's what it took. You know how long it took me to get published in the UK since we here? Hmm. How long? This yeah. My first book that was published in the UK was book number ten. Wow, shit Right Germany published me first over here They published They've been published me from book one But it took me forever And mm. our stories Are probably more similar Than any other country Outside of America mm. And y'all wouldn't publish me Very true Where? Right So it's in order not, for that not to Not us work,
0: in here Like If it was up to <laughs> me like, <laughs> right? so, so I had literally
2: Convinced the world yeah, world yeah That it was worth it You know what I mean So mm. But, but to all the writers out there This ain't cool This ain't the way to do it Like at the end of the day This is unhealthy mm. You know what I mean um, But you do what you gotta do To survive and to make it work Now mm. I'm trying to undo it Like my next book comes out In like October And then I'm like doing like A book every year and a half Or every two years And just mm-hmm. slowing it down At yeah. a normal pace mm. um, So I can live a little bit
0: Cool man I just had two more questions To ask you Because yeah. we gotta wrap soon Yeah this is, It's been great man Like I, I've I learn a lot in these podcasts, but today I've I feel like you've been preaching to me. Like, you know when you just feel like convicted. Like Yeah. So um just two questions. Um the first one, you mentioned um, you know, being a flag bearer for your culture. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess like, you know, as you I don't know if you mentioned this actually on the podcast or just before we started recording, but your idea of success is actually being like your idea of being a king is being a king's servant. Mm-hmm. Like raising up like sort of like the next generation. So what do you see as the sort of um where where the next generation is headed? Like what what do you expect to see? What do you hope to see? That's think, the first question. I got one more. After. All
2: right. I think <laughs> I think they'd be alright. I think I think the next generation will be good, you yeah. know. Look, I think that everything is complicated at the moment, but that's mm. only because they they're teenagers. Mm. Right? And so we look at them and we put them in all these boxes and like they're not going to do anything. It's like, yo, they're 15. Like who are you at 15? Mm. You know what I mean Like give them a second Let them work it out Like they're mm. 15 years old yeah. uh, I think they're more Compassionate and empathetic Than any generation Before them I think they're viewing mm. The world from a From a global standpoint Because they were born And raised with the internet Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think oh, Look, Are there problems Of course The same Whatever their strengths are Also their weaknesses mm. They're viewing the world From a global perspective Because of the internet And don't realize The world is actually A place yeah. Right. It's not. It's not a series of zeros and ones. It's not codes or filters. It's an actual place that you can move around in and affect change in mm. in real life. Right. Mm. And I think mm. that's a, that's one of the things that kind of struggle with. Mm. But ultimately, dude, the fact that they make so many generations above them so upset gives me hope.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: I never want to live in a world where young people are not irreverent. Seriously. Like yeah. what a scary thing to think about. Yeah. I never want to be in a world where young people aren't turning over tables. Yeah. Mm. Seriously, and so for me, I, I'm I'm good. I think they'll be all right. Yeah, if we do our jobs, they'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. And the other question that I had was, who are you reading right now? Because I always want to know
0: like who writers are reading. That for yeah. me is like the gold standard. You know,
2: man, so much. Um, there's an American woman named Nif- So. First of all, I read primarily women, black mm-hmm. women. Yeah. Everybody out there listening Read black women Yeah From from all over the world All the black women in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually Black British women Dominate the literary industry Uh On the adult sector Yeah And they Mm -hmm. have for the last decade Um Right now, I'm reading Nafissa Thompson Spears. She wrote a book called The Heads of the Colored People. Okay, It's a collection of short stories that is just incredible. It's still some of the freshest literature about Black American culture that I've read in a very long time. It's just amazing. Just bring it.
0: Yeah. What was her name again?
2: Nafissa Thompson Spears. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm always reading Jesmyn Ward. I think she's the best American writer of our time, of our generation at least. Mm. Uh, out of Mississippi, I think she's, you know, Salvage the Bones is probably... The book that I would suggest But she's got a few others That I think are brilliant mm. um, I'm reading brother named Kiesi Lehman Wrote a book called Heavy Ain't nothing like it It's a memoir About okay. his life mm. I mean it's like I mean, It was a good time For literature man Yeah It really is Especially if you're A person of color <laughs> Like it's yeah. a good time For literature Like we mm. really getting out there And letting our voices be heard it's And cool. saying the things That we need to say Unashamed Unabashedly mm. Yeah Ain't no point in saying that If you're going to cower Right It's like yeah. we're really out here Like nah I'm going to say What I need to say And you could be mad mm. But I'm yeah. going to say What I need to say Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a wonderful time I'm just happy to be a part of it Cool man
1: I, I Sometimes I wonder Because when we've talked about before As far as like It feels like In, in, in the UK sort saw there's a, rena- a renaissance period Where there's a lot of like black content whether it be books whether it be podcasts whether it be um tv like we're creating a lot of um content and setting a lot of trends and it's been it's getting a lot more of a a mainstream appeal than it previously has and the kind of like skeptical part of me (laughs) makes me feel like wow is this going to be like a trend like is this just like a, a moment that's gonna pass um does that ever cross your mind? Doing is that something that worries you? Or do you feel like this is like a, a real kind of a shift, shift that's, that's going to be sustained?
2: It doesn't worry me anymore. Uh. It used to. It doesn't worry me anymore because the difference right now is that um, black people are fighting for positions of power institutionally, right? And so what changes? I mean, Amy's here, right? Like Amy, the boss. Mm-hmm. So Amy, sorry, Amy, Amy, sorry, Amy, Amy. Amy's the publisher, <laughs> right? So if I can look across women and see that my publisher is a black woman, mm. that's a very different thing than it was years yeah, ago, definitely. right? Where it's like this is a trend. It's like no, she has she has the power to say this is going to be a standard, yeah, not a yeah. trend, right? And I think we're seeing that in Hollywood when it comes to Ava uh, and and all the other mostly black women who mm. are who are now changing the face of Hollywood. Mm. I think we see it in art. When I mean in visual arts, the same thing. Black Mm. women are dominating the visual arts Mm. all over the world, right? Like from I mean from the diaspora all over the world, right? I think we see it in dance with Misty Copeland. I think we see it in music. I mean, like literally, we are in I think we understand now that you got to do more than just make the art. Right there has to be us also sitting in the seats of power we got to cut the checks we got to do the promotion yep. we got to do the book covers we got to do all on. the design work mm. we got we got to be the agents we got mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. we're figuring that out and so mm. I think we're all right yeah. Cool.
1: As as our boy Tom <laughs> would say, you have to own your own masters. Oh, yeah. That's well, like yeah, a consistent yeah, theme everybody's like, yeah. you have got to own our own masters. Who's that? Is that Nipsey Hustle? Nipsey
2: Hustle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, shout out <laughs> to Nipsey that's, Yeah. That's really Ray Charles, Nipsey Hustle. Nipsey Hustle. Oh, yeah. It. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's all good, Nipsey. I'm gonna give you credit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wanted to end on a slightly lighter note just before we wrap up. I know obviously you've very um, heavily influenced by hip-hop culture, hip-hop music, etc. Who are your favorite artists? Oh, yeah. I want we say, we I need know, to do this, this more with guests. Top four, like, a top, 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 I don't top five. You know what
2: yeah, top five? Yeah, top give five. me your top, top five, five. Top five, DOA, Dead or Alive? Yeah. Yeah, let's go Dead or Alive. Mm. All right. So, look. How old are y'all? I'm 28. I'm 25. Okay. So, y'all are... All right. So, we're good. Yeah. So, top five, DOA, for me, is probably going to be Biggie. In mm-hmm. and no, and no order. In no order. Okay. Okay. Biggie... Um, Jay Okay Andre 3000 Okay mm-hmm. Black Thought Yeah mm-hmm.
0: What's that? Is that four?
2: That's four, four right now. And because there are so many brilliant women mm. It would probably have to If I, I Cause I want to make sure Cause there's so many of them They always get left out of the DOA mm-hmm. Out of the top That's five true. conversation It would probably have to be as an MC, probably have to be Lauryn Hill.
0: Okay, okay. like I don't, Solid.
2: I don't think any. The, most men can't really mess with Lauryn Hill. There's, be, there's gonna be
0: a lot of angry people on this. On, uh, on our listeners, be like, "Legend after one album, who did she think she is?" Yeah. But hey, hey, do you know what? I, you're as talented.
2: First of all, yeah. I think it's, um, here's the, you know what? Because I think it's an argument that we should have really mm. quickly. I think that people always say she's a legend after one album. It's not just one yeah. album. It's not, it's not it's just one not, album. Not, I, just one album. Not, I always say this. I always say this. called Again, Fujis. Yo, okay had, obviously the Fugees But the she had, had another, another and album she had, the, she had the The, the Unplug joint That's but, it Yeah I'm Unplugged But right. that was she's cold. not really re- Well she's It's rapping. live music it's be, but, yeah, yeah. Mainly but like seen, but, yeah, you can't yeah, Like cold. yo The Fugees mm. Their two albums All of her features On Wyclef's album Her mm. features on Prizes album yep, yep, Like Cut it out everybody She's called. She's cold That yeah. We put that to bed already You know what I mean Shout out to Lauren here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A shout out to Missy Elliott fan. who up for the Hall of Fame too. Shout yeah, to Missy Elliott, yo, changed the game. She really did, game work. changer. You know what I mean? Mm. She's a, a genius, and so she's up for the Hall of Fame. And so we're rooting for her, making sure they get her in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This has been
0: great, man. Hey, man Jason, it's been a pleasure, it. man. Thank you for coming down. Thank you. Man. Imparting some wisdom. For real, man. I yeah. feel like I've learned a lot, like getting <laughs> words yeah. of wisdom from my big brother. So yeah, for real. Yeah, it's been it's been great.
1: Can we um, plug plug the book one? Last yeah, let's let's plug it properly.
2: So, Jason, we'll let you do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. It's for everyone. For everyone. Published by Knights right here in the UK. Um, check it out, man. Go pick it up. It's like five bucks. What should I say? Y'all don't say bucks. What should I say? Five pounds. Five, five, pounds. five,
1: five quid. quid yeah, yeah, it's only five
2: quid. They basically giving off. it away over here. I'm <laughs> worth nothing in this town. <laughs> five quid, yo. Pick it up when you get a chance, man. Mm-hmm. And if y'all ever come to the stage, y'all look the kid up, man. We'll link up. i oh, love yeah.
1: for that, man. All right? Appreciate
2: it. Thanks so much, man. Peace on, man.
1: Appreciate y'all, man. Yeah. Love.
0: Okay, so if you like what you heard, or you always tune in, you know where we are. Um, so yeah, if you want to send us a tweet on Twitter, it's OTB Podcast UK. Uh, sorry, at OTB Podcast UK. If you want to send us emails, um, what is it again? OTB, OTB podcast, UK podcast UK at, at gmail
1: Instagram OTB Podcast UK.
0: Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. Um, if you want to hashtag our stuff as well, hashtag OTB chats. You're on social media, Jason.
2: Yeah yeah It's all Jason Reynolds 83 All of it At Jason Reynolds 83
0: Cool, Cool Nice and simple But yeah guys Thanks for tuning in again We love you lot If you have any questions Any questions for Jason Shoot us a message Tweet uh, Shout us on Instagram Wherever you can find us Um, But yeah that's us for now Over and out